Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Renz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So I have to say I found myself a little bit jealous about MLB games after one of our buddies went to a game that had not only a Grand Slam, but also a triple play in it. And that was not the winning team. I, lo- I love it. Yes. It's just so, so good. <laughs> yeah. They're talking about... I know. I uh, Southern California baseball. I We've got to get to an Angels, an Angels game. Angels in the outfield. I thought Angels in the outfield was like lampooning how bad that stadium was. Yeah, 30 years ago. And that was 30 years ago. <laughs> oh, I, exactly. But the stadium was 30 years old at that time, right? I mean, it wasn't like it was already. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Angel Stadium, really, really amazing stuff. It, I I would love to know how many games have had a Grand Slam and a triple play in them, first of all, and then then that team loses. I would also love to know. Baseball reference, stat cast, let's, let's figure it out, how to, how to make that query. And then tying into that, you mentioned Southern California baseball, impactful in the last week because of the hurricane, which caused games to be moved up, which, you know, fantasy, not the most important aspect here, but pretty wild from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. So which games got moved up? I don't, I wasn't able to like figure it out. So it was the, it was, so all the Dodgers, the Angels and the Padres were all at home this past weekend. So all of their Sunday games were moved to doubleheaders on Saturday. Oh. So so it, it actually has it actually had weird fantasy implications because it meant that you could load People up People that own those teams could then play the next day. Exactly. Could potentially get another start. So and I will say it worked out for me because I managed to squeeze extra at bats out of out of my team. A couple extra runs. Because I because I had already I'd already been. Do you squeezed out so many extra bats that it was you were getting? I was precipitously low on average. <laughs> that was sometimes you squeeze out extra at bats, and it's like, no, I didn't want these. One for eight. No. Yeah. No, no. Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall and Willie Adamas t- teamed up to be disaster team for me. But I. But it, but it was really interesting from a fantasy perspective. I mean, and this is just it obviously doesn't matter in weekly leagues. Nothing you could do um, because you didn't you didn't know this. But daily leagues. Mm-hmm. Big effects just just goes to show all this crazy stuff and and if I could make one tool perfectly, it would be the one that forecasts when games are going to be canceled. I know, I know, it would be very very helpful. But if I could do that, I'd presumably be actually be using it to forecast the weather. We could, but I mean that's where the the original supercomputers were made. Exactly, so this quantum computing <laughs> might be very helpful <laughs> for fantasy baseball. <laughs> But for, for and then, <laughs> what is it? The yak shave. The yak shave is going to be uh, the perfect weather analysis. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, it really <laughs> yeah, that would be so funny. <laughs> like, God, we can't get that job at Fantasy Pros, but like, you know, I guess we could get a huge um, contract from Noah. Exactly. Anyway, in- interesting stuff. Uh, but let's move on to more more real fantasy implications. Today's going to be another big TGFBI day, so we'll just stay light on this part. But tools check-in, 
I made it up to 229, okay, from 240, but you continuing your meteoric rise here, 124 up from 145. How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good. Uh, the big thing, though, the last two, I've been looking the last two weeks. It's like, is, this is great that I'm I'm rising. Yeah. But there is, I'm in the soft stratosphere. There's a hard. Yes. There's a hard limit. There's a hard ozone layer for me to hit. Because I I thought that I was doing really well last week. And I did really well last week. And it was I think it was a top 20 team or something like that. This week, still rising. It's like 74. So it's like that very top layer continues to get better at a faster rate than I'm climbing. So I, I'm going to hit that wall at some point here, yeah. which I think is in the seventies. Yeah, I think so. And I think we'll talk, I mean, we'll talk about diagnostics for that this week. So we'll talk about both the stuff that we built on before and then a little bit more beyond that. But you want to tell me about uh, why, why Pablo Reyes gets an exclamation point? Oh, well, he <laughs> actually there are two reasons and I was going to raise this in your talk about the hurricane effect. Brewers only have five games this week. I know. That's <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> what the heck? I, I'm like, I'm considering sitting Yelich, but it's like, no, there's going to be enough from from Yelich. But Willie Adamas is getting the, is getting a seat for, sure. for Pablo Reyes, who I, I added, and then I was like, I have so many second bases and, and middle infielders, I don't need this. But then he's better than Willie Adamas. The other thing is preseason, I thought to myself, there are two guys that I would like to sit on to have – a fresh reload mm. from my IL, throw them into fantasy, and they'll they'll be helpful right away. Trevor Story and yep. Alberto Mondesi, yeah, both erstwhile short shortstops for the um, Red Sox. Yep. Well, who's actually the one that I'm picking up in Week 21? Pablo Reyes, <laughs> because no sign of Alberto Mondesi and. Uh, come on, story is n- not going to be impactful in 2023. Mondesi's not playing this year, right? We're pretty sure. It's it's looking it's looking like he's not going to play. Yeah, yeah. Just unless there's something, unless the Red Sox go on a tear here, and um, he's looking great Mondesi. for some pinch running. Mondesi, man, just just crazy stuff. What a career! Yeah, it, it is it is funny that Pablo Reyes is is the guy there. But I agree with you. I think Pablo Reyes over over Willie Adams. That's it's a no no brainer in a five game week for the for the Brewers. Seven games for the Red Sox, two extra games, and quite frankly, doesn't he doesn't strike out nearly as much. <laughs> All right, but this week we're going to talk about TGFBI as an optimization problem, and I'm going to introduce some ideas. This is the start of a tool building exercise for me, slightly larger tool building exercise um, that I want to get some some input on here, and I'm going to talk about just the really simplest assumptions and and where this goes from here. I got to do some work on my TGFBI team in the meantime, so I thought this would be a nice couple-week project for me. So in my in my day-to-day life, I do spend a lot of time working on optimization problems. And like for an example, what I mean is doing something like fitting a line to data. Okay, that's that can be the mm-hmm. simplest example of an optimization problem where you're trying to find that classic y equals mx plus b. You want to know m and b. All right. So I started thinking for TGFBI, how can I approach this? especially from now to the end of the season, but also next year, like an optimization problem. Um, and so I was starting to write this down in that that sense. So think about this. I have some constraints, which are the number of roster spots and positions in this. Um, I have a bunch of free, what are effectively weights here, which is the players on the team, so I can swap players in and out. And I'm trying to maximize some variables, which are the statistics. 
to keep things simple as we introduce this, let's focus a little bit on pitching based on how I'm doing. And so now let's take a short detour to talk about how our teams are doing <laughs> TGFBI on the pitching side um, and why I just can't get it done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. There's a lot to like about your about your pitching here. Well, it's it's gone the correct direction yeah. lately. So you you are better than me on ERA saves K's. I'm better than you on whip wins, whip and wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And our our ERA and whip are so close as to more or less be negligibly different here. So the hay is really the fact that you're kind of crushing me on K's here. Uh well, yeah, but you're beating me on wins so yeah but i'm in but i'm in this the shallower part of the distribution yeah is the problem i know you're so ahead on wins it's astounding i need to not be as as far ahead as i am on wins which i will talk about right (laughs) right in the saves i i've been able to somehow cobble together saves this season (laughs) yeah it's really impressive i mean i i'm no longer as like atrociously behind as i was because munoz is getting like meaningful looks <laughs> yeah Sewold is gone yeah now that Sewold is gone things are actually things are actually happening there um but I, hey we said the mariners bullpen there's going to be some softening there's going to be some space for for guys we can remember when we were doing that <laughs> i know it was perfect timing is like all mariners pitchers i mean i guess their stats department probably did the same thing i'm like you know who's probably the worst worst the most to sell right now is Sewell. yeah yeah exactly we got three guys that are better than him so when you look at these, when you look at where you're sitting on these distributions, is there anything you want to work on on pitching? Uh, I think ERA is the one that yeah. I would, if if I could make a little bit more. It doesn't even have to be that much, right? If I can get down yeah. to like, if I can get down to three seven from my um, being right under four, I feel like I'd make a lot of progress. You you would because because we're both we're on both ERA and WHIP, we're right in the meat of the distribution. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think that's the place to do some work. So let's let's frame the rest of this conversation a little bit that way. A um, bunch of things that, we, that we've talked about before, but I think are worth mentioning again. So TGFBI, we have nine pitcher roster spots, and those can be broken down between starting pitchers or relief pitchers. Big issue here, we don't even know what the optimal breakdown is. I don't even know what we should be targeting, really. We have talked about this endlessly as, yep. like, this is one of the studies, this is one of the... Um, agent-based modeling studies like could we figure out what the optimal roster construction is right and so what i view what i'm doing right now is as building the benchmark to beat with the agent-based modeling (laughs) because yeah i'm building essentially what i'll what i'll talk about is that is a linear model you do the straight line for this exactly so we're just doing straight line trying to figure it out what does it look like so let me talk you through what kind of a model i've actually built and then we can talk about what (laughs) <laughs> what this means for our teams. All right. So I think we you always want to think about an objective or we're trying to think about an objective in the model. And so I look at these distributions and I say, all right, one of the stats that we know is a controlling distribu- a controlling parameter here is our objective is to hit a thousand innings pitched. So as of as of recording today, the the median innings pitched of a TGFBI team is about a thousand innings, which is pretty wild actually. I mean, that's a nice statistical sample. Nice round number for us right now. I know. It, it just just popped straight out. I was pretty happy about that. So 
what I was thinking about here is that let's start with a really easy one in terms of the optimization problem. You, If you look at where the K's distribution is at, it's also centered around 1,000 K's as a thousand. of today, which okay. is pretty nice. Yeah, oddly enough, you should be getting a K in inning from the pitcher, your fantasy pitchers. You should, and therefore, if you have guys under that, <laughs> 9 K's per 9, you better have some guys over that so that your team balances out. Okay, so I'm looking at my team. I have two big problems. <laughs> I'm leaning heavily on Martin Perez and Graham yeah. Ashcraft. And these two guys yeah. are way under a K per nine. And I'm just not getting it done with the other guys. Okay, so Martin Perez, 115 innings pitched, 72 Ks. Graham Ashcraft, 129 innings pitched, 90 Ks. What What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing here? Perez was doing really way well on ERA and WHIP earlier in the year. And then he fell apart. But then he's he's come back, right? Perez, yeah, he has come back a little bit. So I, I should I should say that one of the main super simple assumptions that I'm making here is that I'm going to pretend that you drafted on opening day and then you forgot about your team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. So of course. so this is like, but th- this is this is a this is a first start in this, and so you know, well, I mean, I say those two guys are the problem, but there are a bunch of other guys that are. There are, you have other problems too, don't you worry? Yeah, I mean, so so my nine, the nine guys that I have starting, just so that we can have a be- a benchmark here: Sandy Alcantara, Johan Oviedo, Merrill Kelly, Julio Urias, Graham Ashcraft, Martin Perez, Taiwan Walker. I mm-hmm. don't have a single. I, the only starter who's over nine Ks per nine is Merrill Kelly. Yeah, I was just gonna, I was just gonna highlight him. Nice. And yeah, Julio. This was a problem in in the roster makeup when you got Julio Urias. He's great for wins and ERA and, and WHIP, but he's not going to be striking out more than a guy an inning. But Julio, you know, Julio Urias. I guess, I guess the problem is is that I'm thinking more deeply about roster construction now and the guys that are available and how I can simultaneously yes. optimize all five categories at the same time. That's what this discussion is about. And you're getting to the mm-hmm. heart of that, which is like, well, Julio Urias isn't going to help you on Ks per nine. But at the same time, he's actually not hurting me. He's 106 innings and 104, um, 104 Ks. So you, you can get away with Wait, Julio Wait, did Urias. you drop Sandy? Oh, no, you have Sandy. He's no, 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 I, I have Sandy. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Sandy, but you doubled up. That's a, another piece of the problem is that you... And and you're refusing to uh, use Shohei. I'm not. I'm not refusing to use Shohei. It's just that it's really hard to leave those home runs in your starting lineup, <laughs> in your starting pitchers. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would like. Right. This is a this is a complete aside. But if I could go back in time, I would not draft Shohei Otani. It's not workable in TGFBI. It doesn't actually help. Like the the capital that you have to expend to get Shohei Otani, who is my first round pick. Is it? I can't. I can't solve that optimization problem right now at all. Yeah. I mean, would you? Would you have drafted him? Probably. Probably if he got there, and then I would have run into the same thing that you do, which is it's like, yeah, it's it's really hard having one arm tied behind your back. Even the other arm is really strong. But no, your your point. I guess going back to this, I think this was a problem that we saw. This was a train crash that we we saw when we were drafting, which is when you bring in Julio Urias and Sandy Alcantara, even when they do all the other things really well, they still have a a, a K problem, and you need to get some K person in there. Right? And that's that's just Yeah, and the thing is, like, but one of the things that I was thinking, 
in terms of like looking at some roster construction is that I actually probably should have if I was going to do that, then what you need to do is lean into closers who have classically a mm-hmm. much higher K per nine. So I have yeah. Munoz who has who has basically a 13 K per nine. Both Munoz and Duran, who are my two closers, have like a 13 K per nine. Now they're only pitching a quarter of the innings of the starters. Right. But that getting that rate up there is, is a big help. <laughs> actually, yeah, yeah. Been, it was really helpful. Actually would have been a big help. Okay, so we're just talking about one thing for case per nine. This is just one weight. The problem is there's there's four other Others. categories. <laughs> and so yep. what I wrote was just a linear model that tries to optimize for TGFBI specifically, which I'll explain in a minute, the the best team that you could have that would give you the most TGFBI points. Okay, so, okay. so this has to do with the distributions that we looked at above, which is basically... You want to be as far to the one side of the distribution as possible, <laughs> as far to the, the positive sigma side of the distribution as possible. Right. And the constraints that I'm operating under right now, I'm looking forward to the end of the season, and I'm asking, okay, of the guys that I have available that are on my team plus on my bench and the guys that are available in the player pool, how do I build the optimal team for myself? How do I build the optimal team to make hay against the TGFBI outcomes. Yeah. Again, linear model. So I took all of these, all of those free weights essentially and mixed them all together to ask what's the best team that I that I could possibly be fielding right now. And how many points would I get? And I have bad news for myself, which is that even considering all the guys that I have available to me, I still have a below average pitching staff. Oh no. So Basically, even if I had played it perfectly up to this point in the season, <laughs> I would be still be falling behind in pitching. Mm-hmm. Luckily, almost all of the best guys for my that that would give me the best stats right now are already on my team. So, of the guys that are available, let me explain here: Graham Ashcraft, Marcus Stroman, Julio Urias, Merrill Kelly, Taiwan Walker, Joanne Duran, Patrick Corbin, Sandy Alcantara. Austin Gomber. Those are the guys that would be the best nine for me to have right now. That's a pretty realistic team, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you, so you have all those players? Or no. Is there, is there, Patrick Corbin. To pick up? Patrick Corbin and Patrick Austin Corbin. Gomber are on the waiver wire. Okay. But those are the guys that I should be picking up. Basically, Martin Perez easily identified as dead weight. <laughs> what, what am I doing with this guy? And interestingly, Part of the problem with the linear but Graham model, Ashcroft, it thinks he should start. It does, but that's but that's because he is beneficial in other ways, and the model is realistic that I actually I actually shouldn't be going for K's anymore <laughs> because my team my team is not is not, not good, good enough right. to yeah, yeah, to yeah. get K's, and and the guys that I would replace the pitchers on my team with are not going Won't. to actually help yeah. me move the needle. So this has been a really useful exercise because it tells me, you know, I look at this distribution and I think, oh man, I'm, I'm low on Ks. I really would like to bump that up. I can't. Saying, no, it's you're not fine. <laughs> it's, it's saying you're fine right now. Just stay the course. And if you can get ERA and whip help, do it. Okay. I'm doing the best that I can is basically it. <laughs> and so, yeah. so I should... So I should I should swap those things, which has been really useful because now it tell now I actually have a target to understand what I should be optimizing. Okay, great. So plan is clear. I need to go for guys that are optimizing ERA and WHIP. 
let's turn to some happier news. Your team. Your team. Yeah. You have, what we got? You have a positive side. You actually have guys that can give you a positive impact. Here's your nice. here's your optimal nine. Eric Swanson, Jason Adam, JP France, Pablo Lopez, Jose Barrios, Sandy Alcantara, Max Scherzer, Merrill Kelly, Kenley Jansen. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you have all those guys. They, I do have all those guys. Yeah. So, all right. But that's not who I have starting right now. That is not who you have starting right now. So this this is the lineup that, up if you had started them all to this point in the season, would have given you the optimal, would have given you the optimal advantage relative to other TGFBI teams. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So so you have to. This is this is where I was hoping you know we can jump off into any other piece of this conversation. But basically, what this is, there are a lot of simplifications that are in this model right now. But this is saying. Had you just played it straight all season, these are the guys that you want. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. saying these are the guys that you should absolutely be starting right now. Yeah. It is telling you that you don't need to drop any of these guys. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, that's sort of what I know. That's sort of what I know. I, I actually like like my pitchers right now. And I went and I was like, oh, I just, just pick up a pitcher, pick up a hitter. And then looking at the pitchers, I'm like, mm, no, none of these look good. And there's no one who's like an actual like closer. Jason Adam is the one that I... I was thinking about dropping, but Jason Adam. I mean, Jason Adam is interesting because this identify this likes him because this model likes him because saves. yeah, because you juiced the orange basically on him. But so one one way to extend this model would be to switch it to be um, like weekly weights and ask you give a picture of like give a picture of like what if I'd plan what if I'd played every week right like who right. would I who would I actually want to have and that there? was the that was sort of the HMA based modeling right and so yeah to me this is to me this is complementary and more groundwork laying again for getting back to an agent-based modeling yeah because this just this is just kind of like broad brush waiting scheme what do i want to do (laughs) what do i need to do and pitching is much easier this is much a much easier exercise to do for pitching than for hitting because oh hitting is so much thrown into one thing yeah but i mean it is interesting category so this is telling us that the optimal breakdown, though, I mean, is like seven starters, two relievers for both of us, mm-hmm. essentially. Both of them had that, yeah. But honestly, it kind of makes sense, right? If you look at the innings pitched, and if you need to get to 1,000 innings pitched by today, you're going to need seven starters. You just can't get there with, you just can't get there with relievers. If you have three, you're really, you need to have someone who's getting a weighty number of innings you need to both have you kind of need to do your first two picks needed to be number one someone who gets a lot of innings yeah and then number two it has to be a reliever who gets a a lot of innings so that's that's duran versus um kenley jansen yeah what are what are kenley jansen's innings right now it's got to be kenley jansen has 41 innings pitched how many does Duran has 40, 48. 48? Yeah. Well, seven, seven more. That's I mean, moves moves the needle. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, this is really interesting because what I was, right, so the picture that I had in my head was like going back to calculus integrals, right? You've got one number, but there's a lot of functions that you can integrate that get you to that exactly. innings pitched. <laughs> and so I was, uh, yeah. so I was imagining like, okay, I'm trying, I'm trying to integrate, unfortunately, like a five-dimensional space, right? Because you have all these five categories that you're trying to maximize the area under the curve. Um, and so trying to break down that function 
is is a challenge. Um, I have a linear model that does it. I think it's a I think it's a nonlinear problem fundamentally. Is the other thing that I learned from doing this exercise today, which is why we need to get to things like agent based models. It is nonlinear. Yeah. Yeah, but I really I really like your idea. I mean, statements about things that we can do for statements for the draft next year. I did start this with the hope that I could salvage my team this year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, we, well, we got to see if we can, if you can make any progress, that's good. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm ready to, it, it was really eye-opening just to say again, I really thought it was going to go for case and it's just stupid for me to go for case. They're just, the firepower that's on the waiver wire is just not going to move the not needle. Not there. There's no reason yeah. for me to do it. Um, but the the tools that are there do give me the ability to optimize ERA and WHIP. I would also just like to say that both of us have Tony Gonsolin in our pool, and neither Ugh. one of these wanted him. <laughs> no, neither, well, neither of our this bills is, favored Tony. Gonsolin. You know, unfortunately, I I do want to give us a mulligan on on Tony Gonsolin. Yeah. Um, because we had we were high on him, higher than a lot of other people were on him, and I think that a lot of that was before he had that injury. And as soon as he had the injury, what kicked in is our other uh, maxim, which is if a guy misses part of spring training, he's never going to get it back. He's not going to get it back. If a starting pitcher misses spring training, he will be off the entire year. These are these are regimented um, creatures. And if they don't show up in spring and ramp up on the right schedule – they're going to feel behind the whole year. They're going to be rushed. They're not going to be able to be tossing lightly the day after they've gone out for St. Patrick's Day <laughs> all the way through to all of a sudden, you know, it's Memorial Day and they're they're putting the high heat at 100 miles an hour. No, the, if, you know, he missed, and especially because he missed a couple of weeks and it was like, he's going to have to miss a little longer. And he's like, oh, no, that's the... So we knew Gonsolin was going to be out. Hard to drop him though, but I was hard to drop him. Now I think people can. I mean, look, if even the linear model is saying this guy isn't a useful, this guy isn't useful weights for you, then I I don't don't think there's upside there. Right when it's saying that Eric Swanson and Jason Adam <laughs> should be started over over you, Tony Goslin. Yeah, yeah, it's not not looking good. I mean, to to maximize the points that you want in TGFBI, that is true, sadly. So, you know, sorry, Tony Gonsolin, but um, apparently you're going to make way for Austin Gomber. Not a sentence I thought I would say for my TGFBI team this year. Yeah. Okay, question, though. I got JP France on my bench versus Jamison Tyon. I'm pretty sure that I want Giovanni Gallegos versus Jason Adam, given that... Yeah. There is more chance for junk, as in again the the model oh, the model win in a save. Model's not aware of things like that, unfortunately. I I know I know. So Giovanni Gallegos over Jason Adam, executive decision. However, JP France versus Jameson Tyone. What do you think, Jameson Tyone at Detroit this week versus JP France at Boston? Right. The model thinks you should do JP France. My gut tells me that. Tyon is the start. <laughs> Tyon is the start against Detroit, right? I, I I think so. I mean, it's just... What does our wins model say? So Tyon, we've got at a... We've got um, at a 53% to win. Okay. And then JP France, it, actually, we have at a 42% chance to win. Really? Yeah. We have Red Sox, 
The Red Sox currently favored against this Houston. All right. Well, let's do it. I've got Tyon. Red Sox not favored against the Dodgers later this week. Just FYI. Uh, I'm not shocked. <laughs> but but favored against favored against Houston in our current predictions. But, you know, check back in every day. Because <laughs> these, these weights <laughs> do change on a daily basis. I, I cannot. I cannot in a full team week roto no i i understand i mean but that's all i'm saying this is what we got right now i think that about brings us to the review session trey mancini um he's only played in 79 games this year so still still some some nagging issues there but uh 31 runs here 28 rbis four home runs zero stolen bases 234 average wait they released him (laughs) yeah when did they release him I mean, I know now. I'm looking was, at the numbers. It was recently. It was. Two week, three weeks ago. Why did they release him? You just read his stats. And and Cubs aren't really that good. He's only played... So that makes me even question further why did they release him. Uh, How much money was he making? That's what I was just looking at. So he's on a two-year, $14 million contract. They couldn't trade him, and so they got rid of him. They dropped him. I, they, I think they outright him. Yeah, so they so they didn't want to send him down. So he was DFA'd to clear space for the recently acquired Jaime Candelario. He, uh, as a player with over five years of MLB service, he can decline any minor league assignment. He's assigned to the minor league. Yeah, with no trade lined up, Mancini had to go on waivers, where his contract made it a lock he'd be unclaimed because he's um, uh, he was on a two-year, fourteen million dollar. Agreement that he signed in January. <laughs> I know. No, I know. They still have to pay him, right? Uh, I, I would assume so. Is he trying to get back to Baltimore? Uh, I mean, I, I, I get it. Okay, right. His, his stats, his stats are bad this year. But you know, and so you're, you're just, we're justified in everything about like, okay, this is why we're talking about him now. But he doesn't seem like a washed-up player. No, I, no, he doesn't. I would think that he would have time, time left. And he's such a positive story. But to be fair, last year for Houston. Oh, wait, wait. Did I see a little Twins article? Twins Daily says don't, Twins don't should even. act quickly and sign Trey Mancini. Don't Why are you just wanting to talk about? Oh, Rocco will be so excited. Dude, that's going to happen. Another guy who gets hit by a lot of pitches, by the way. Um, okay, but I mean, last year, so last year you were drafting him at this point because he had 63 RBIs. 56 runs, 18 yeah. home runs. That's not and nothing. Here. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's something there. Oh, he wasn't a partial year, but he did miss a substantial amount of time. Oh, he played 143 games last year. It's not 160. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. I mean, did what how how did what did Baltimore actually traded him? Okay, so it's not like Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just don't know. I mean, it's very interesting. I let's see where he ends up this year, you know. And then my, if he ends up on a good team for him, has a spot for him. The problem is, most of the good teams. Uh, this, you know, this is really bad because now I'm thinking about it and I'm realizing like the Twins are the best team that would give him playing time. I mean, the the like the best team in the sense of like doing the best in the standings. But they would 100% drop him in for playing time. Oh yeah, no, he would get a bunch of playing time. Cleveland might too. True. True. But he's been sitting there for five weeks. Is there anything in his underlying numbers that we like? Or are we just are we willing to say total stay away this year, don't draft next year? 
Well, he batted only 230 last year, but his, and his bat pip was 286. His bat pip was 327 this year. So why isn't he hitting anything in the air? That's an interesting question. I really... His isolated power was very down at 102. His K percent was up at 29.7. His walk percent was down, but negligible. Ah. He's da- it's down. This year, it was down. It was so, noticeably down. Weirdly, weirdly, his launch angle is up. Like so, he's he seems to be get actually getting under a lot of balls. Huh? Because his his goods he's he's doing okay in his max exit velocity. He's still hitting the ball reasonably hard. His mean exit velocity is unchanged, but his launch angle has gone up by quite a bit. Right. Okay. I mean, maybe this is a total stay away. Is a stay away next year? And I mean. Unless he ends up on a team with a real bona fide spot from at first base in a hitter friendly park, and they bat him fourth, I think he's. I think it's a stay away. Too bad, Trey Mancini. Are we doing an over under of at bats rest of the season? He's got a. He's gonna he, get, he's I gonna think get he's good. Oh yeah, I I think so. Um, but to be fair, only forty games left in the season. So does he get? I mean, it's got to be soon. It's got to be now or never. I feel like he's either going to play thirty more games or zero. Oh, it's going to be really soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's guys before the end of August because otherwise it's not going to matter. Yeah, thirty more games or none. I don't. I mean, there isn't. There isn't really a. There isn't really a meaningful prediction to make. <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna get signed for sure before the start of next year. Some team will take a flyer on him. Will it be the Twins? <laughs> twins versus the field to sign Trey Mancini. It's like, yeah. I mean, what we should do is actually like AL Central versus the field to sign Trey Mancini. Ooh, AL Central versus the field is pretty darn good. Yeah. <laughs> I would take the AL Central in that. I'll, okay, I'll take the field. I actually kind of like that. <laughs> okay. For next next landing spot for Trey Mancini. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> next week, we're going to talk about DJ LeMahieu. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're still up to you, buddy. We're still up to you, too.